All right, welcome to the Scripts and Scribes Social, which is our new daily podcast where we are talking to different writers as we all progress together through this uh, coronavirus outbreak, self-isolation, what is it called, social distancing. Today, we're talking to a writer-producer, and she's been on the show before, and uh, I love talking to her. She is the writer-producer from Shadowhunters and Tell Me a Story. She's also written for The Client List and Cold Case, and she's also an author. And yeah, her name is Holly Overton. Thanks for coming back on, Holly. Thank you so much for having me. I so appreciate the uh, the connection, even though we're socially distancing. <laughs> right, we are socially distancing, but doesn't mean we have to <laughs> not communicate and talk and socially engage each other, right? Absolutely, absolutely. I think like you know we're all a little afraid of not seeing people, but you know, luckily we have technology to connect us all. Right, absolutely. Um, and how have you found? This is still very early on in the sort of social distancing, self-isolation phase. Uh, I'm considering it day one because the weekend was the weekend, but now my son is home when he'd normally be in school. So it's definitely a sort of hit home (laughs) that uh, things are a little bit different. But how has it been for you so far in day one or day three, whatever it is of of this this social distancing? You know, I think it's, um, I mean, technically, like I would probably say I started like Saturday, not like, you know what gotcha. I mean? Like, so it's day three like, for I was you. reading more. Yeah, I was reading more stuff. And I was like, oh, you know, they're not telling us to do this, but we should really start doing this. Uh, I had a I had a, a, a lunch on Thursday and I emailed the the producer and was like, hey, are we still do like, are we doing this? Is this your spot? Like, and she's like, no, we're fine. And so I do think there was like still like even Thursday, like just a bit of laissez-faire about it all. Um, but by Saturday I was like, all right, we're done. And, um, and our, I'm done. <laughs> um, my husband finished working yesterday and then I was like, I, you're not working anymore. I hope. Um, and, uh, and cause he, he teaches tennis and people apparently still want to play tennis during a, um, a, uh, <laughs> pandemic. Yeah. um, yeah. Um, and so I've been, you know, it's been, it was interesting because like I was start, I was reading a lot of news last week and feeling very anxious and I'd been like working on a pilot and I'd written a, like just a, a new a new script that I'd been wanting to write and tell me the story had wrapped and I was like oh this is my time to finish this new sample and um I had finished a draft and and gotten notes and I was like gonna rewrite and then I was like literally Wednesday like started reading too much news and felt myself really paralyzed by like all the news like just couldn't focus creatively and so over the weekend, it's, it's kind of still like now I'm finally I'm finally like, OK, you've got to turn everything off. Stop reading so much news, because I do think there is for anyone, but especially for writers, like we do have this like tendency to like obsess and worst, at least and I do um, worst case scenario in mm-hmm. and reading all the news. And then, you know, you try to go and like, you know, get in the mindset of your like, you know, plucky like 1890s heroine that you're writing and, you know, of your new script. And, you know, it's a very hard, you know, turning off that off is very difficult. So I, I've, I've really been trying to do that. Like today, you know, I'll get a couple, I'll have a couple of hours of writing under my belt. Um, but I also found that like last week, there were a couple, there was a day where um, I spent the whole day, like I didn't even really work out. Like I, you know, I had the meeting, but it was raining and I, I you know, I, I took a nap and I didn't do any sort of like physical exercise, like movement. And the next morning I woke up and I'm lucky that I have a treadmill in my apartment. Um, 
uh, and I like woke up and I was like, I've got to get a workout in. And it was amazing. It was the first thing I did. I didn't even eat breakfast. And like, um, and it like, it like made my whole day better. Like, obviously, you know, the news and all of that's still there, but, um, yeah, I do think for anyone who's sort of feeling the anxiety of that, like doing something to like, um, kind of move your body and get your mind out of like the, you know, panic or the boredom or the uncertainty, I think is really important. Yeah, isn't it amazing? It's been that way for me. No, it's amazing how much physical activity not only helps you physically, but mentally. I mean, it allows you to sort of check out while you're focusing on what you're doing in terms of whether you're running on a treadmill or an exercise bicycle or even doing push-ups and sit-ups and that kind of thing. You're, you're not thinking about external things. So, no, that's, that's uh, something that I think, yeah, a lot of people we should do. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's not like, I mean, I, you know, I, I go to, I go to yoga classes and I, you know, I go to like bootstrap classes and it's always kind of been important, but I think like now, like just knowing that like, you know, it's, it's even, it's like, I just felt it because the anxiety over like, oh my goodness, I can't believe like the stock market's falling and like, you know, nobody's kind of telling us what we should be doing and like, how do we know what the right decision is? And so I think that's really important for, you know, for me as a writer, um, and, uh, and to like, be like, okay, like, I, and you know, just like, it's funny. Cause like, I was like doing a run the other day and like, I had a, I had a solution to a plot problem that I've been like, kind of like, you know, thinking about. So I do think it can get you out of your, out of your head as far as like what's going on in our world right now, but also it can get you back into like that creative point that you're really looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, like there's, um, there's some great, like, I'll just give some shout outs to some great like websites. My yeah. friend, uh, Liz, Liz Dix is a writer. Um, that I met, um, and she, she, but her, you know, previous business was she was a personal trainer, um, and she has a, a company called Workplay Train, and she's offering like for the next couple weeks or as long as this lasts, free training uh, videos that she does, and so it's really great. I, I've done them. She's got yoga. She's got hit workouts. Like um, she really knows what she's talking about too. Like she really knows like the body and anatomy, and she's like a very educated trainer. So. Her workouts are great on that, and she thought it was so nice that she's offering it for free. And um, there's also, I, I'm like, I don't know this woman, but I love her yoga on on YouTube. Her name's Yoga with uh, Yoga with Cassandra mm-hmm. with a K. Um, yoga with Cassandra, and so I do her YouTube videos, and they're amazing. Like she's just, and it's all that's all. She has an app too, but all she's got like 400 videos online on YouTube. So those are a couple of ways. Like if like anybody's like just like I need to like you know, move my body, but I, you know, I need someone to tell me what to do. <laughs> and help me. Um, I have to make enough decisions in my personal and creative life that like, if someone can just tell me like, here's 45 minutes or here's an hour. And so those are like two things I think that are super helpful for writers. Yeah. Could you send me those links and I'll post them if you have them? Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, of course. Of course. And I might have a couple of others that I can send you as well that I'm not thinking about, but those were, those are my favorites um, because they're just like, you know, they're just really, really great teachers who really understand like the, the body and anatomy. So I've been I've been doing those. Even my husband who like goes to yoga classes like five days a week is, is doing the online stuff. So no, that's um, great. You can do it from home. Nice. Yeah, I'm sure it's a little different than doing it in person, but at least you're still sort of getting that workout in, um, which I think is during this time is especially important. Yeah, no, that's great. Because you're, you're hus- absolutely absolutely because he teaches tennis, right? Um, is he a tennis instructor? Yeah, yeah. He is a, 
um, yes, he's he's a tennis coach, and so I was actually surprised because like it's you know like this morning he woke up and they were like everything's canceled, the parks are closed, you know everything is like, um, but there are people who want tennis lessons, and you know I mean I I do I think the biggest sadness that I feel over all of this. Mm-hmm. And is that just like the people, you know, like, like, you know, we're lucky that, you know, we have savings and everything, but there are people, you know, tennis coaches and you know, waiters and retail, you know, who this is really going to devastate. And so, um, I, you know, but I do think like, you know, cause he was like, well, people are still going to take lessons. And I'm like, but you know, you really don't want to risk yourself, right. you know, risk anything. Um, and I, you know, I think it's a, I think it's a very, it's a very, you know, tricky thing that's happening right now. Right. And I'm, I'm sure it's not, much of of a solace, but uh, I heard recently, even just recently today, and there has to be some sort of stimulus package coming because I think, like you had said, that there are so many people who are affected by this, people who work freelance, people who are independent contractors or gig workers who their income will dry up, whether it's waiters or whether it's, uh, you know, tennis coaches or whether it's you know, your plumber or, you know, your dentist, people who rely on clients, you know, things like that. Um, but I had heard earlier today, and I don't know, this is nothing is passed, nothing's official, but you can tell at least they're taking it seriously that um, both uh, it was, I think, Mitt Romney wanted to rush through an emergency bill to give everyone a uh, a thousand dollars, every adult American, a thousand dollars to start just as an emergency cash. And then I know Kamala Harris said to earlier today on her Twitter that she she's trying to uh, push through legislation that would give all Americans, adult Americans, six thousand dollars. So, oh wow, nothing, none of this is absolutely solidified, and it's still up in the air. But at least they are looking at this and they're taking it very seriously, and they're trying to do it quickly. Now, whether that'll happen or not, who knows? But hopefully, uh, something. You know, there is relief for a lot of workers because I'd read as as late as last year, Forbes said something like 72 or 73 percent of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. USA Today said it was like 53. But still, that's whether it's 50 or 70, you know, that's a lot of people. And so I know it's it's such a such a lot of people. It's so many people. And, you know, like I was raised by a single mom and like, you know, growing up and you know, and like, I just think about like what that would have, you know, what that, you know, it really was like, Oh, I got my check today. All right. We can pay these bills. And so it's, you know, it's, it's, it's very scary for a lot of people out there. And so I'm just like, you know, really hoping that they do, you know, something like that. I mean, I think the, you know, I, I was in New York during nine 11 and, you know, it was like such a, you know, horrible, like we'd never been through something like that, but you know, it was sort of like, you, you know, you like, industries didn't stop you know what I mean like it wasn't like I worked I was a bartender you know at that time and like I worked the whole I worked through it all you know like I I mean it was like everybody wanted to get drunk you know after 9-11 and so it is this is I think this is just so unprecedented but you know I was saying to someone the other day I was like you know like like in every story no matter how terrible the story is like you know and like you know true stories or whatever there's always a resolution and like you know even though it feels like we don't know when this is going to end like it will end you know and i think like you know there is something to be to say about like it's so easy to get you know caught up in the like and you know for people who are suffering of course that's a real a real you know a real challenge but um hopefully our our you know our leaders are going to do something um and you know kind of help the people that are that are most vulnerable um and I'm just, uh, and I think, but, you know, I do think for, you know, just for writers, you know, and a lot of the people that listen to your podcast, 
like, you know, their, your part in it is to stay home (laughs) and, you know, and be smart, you know, because, um, you know, my, my mother passed three years ago, but she had, you know, a lung, lung issues and like, you know, was very vulnerable. And I just think, you know, it's all these people that are going to be affected and, and, you know, really the power that we have as writers, which is like, you know, has always been our power, whether, you know, times are good or bad, it's like what we create out of this. And so I think just focusing on, okay, what, like, what is the thing that, like, I've always wanted to write? What is the thing, like, I've always, like, the story that I've, like, been afraid to write? Or that, like, maybe you have reps that said, oh, I don't know about that. Like, I don't know. Like, like write it, you know? Like, nobody is going to be, like, telling you what you can or can't do as far as, like, your creativity. And so, like, I feel like there's sort of, like, some, like, you know, kind of take this opportunity to, you know, say, like, I'm going to write that. Um at least, at least that's, you know, kind of the, um, advice I'm telling myself to write the things that I really want to, you know? Right. No, that's great. So what, uh, you had mentioned you'd gotten some, some writing done today. Uh, you're, this is day three, uh, although by the time this airs tomorrow, it'll be day four of the quarantine for you. Uh, how are you, how is your, your writing regimen changed based on this? Cause I know you had mentioned that you would, uh, just wrapped up on your last show, Tell Me a Story, so you probably weren't in a writer's room. You're not in a writer's room now, I should say. So how has your writing regimen changed at all from this? Like now that you're well, you know, homebound, because, so to speak. Um, yeah. I mean, it's funny because I was saying to someone, you know, you're doing my life isn't changing that much, except I don't have the, like, I don't have the freedom. To, you know what I mean? Like before I, I was like, Oh, I love being home. I want to write from home. And, um, but I had the option to leave and go to a coffee shop. Or right. Um, so I think like, you know, it's funny cause I'm, I'm always one of those people that like kind of like goofs off all day, you know, when I'm just writing, you know, when I'm developing or I'm writing from, a, you know, I'm working on a book or whatever. Um, and so I'm trying to like find time to write during the day, but like, I still write in late at night. Like I just, I kind of write when everybody goes to sleep mm-hmm. and it's quiet in the house. Um, but I will, like, I am trying to sort of like, not only write, but also read stuff. Uh, I, I, Rob told me a story in, um, in, de- in, in December. And then I had a lot of development stuff going on in like January, February. And then things kind of slowed down like weirdly. Um, but I was, you know, taking meetings and like, you know, getting, going on staffing meetings and that kind of thing. So um, obviously now that's, that's not happening. Um, but I did, you know, like there are still some meetings, like I got my first like general meeting, uh through you know a a zoom meeting you know like Mm -hmm. to do that um and so that's that's you know later this week so i'm excited about that and i think like you know a lot of people who are like oh i'm not going to read new people might be more inclined to read writers uh and then you know like so i have like some development stuff that i've been working on but also like i just knew that i wanted um, I had pitched this idea like like two years ago and my reps really liked it. I was going to write it as a book and then decided um, it's, it's a different type of story than like what I normally write in books and it's more of a YA story. So I decided to write it as a pilot. So I finished a first draft um, like two weeks ago and now I'm obviously trying to get it to get it um, completed and so that's really what my, my, my focus is on. And if I, if I think if like all of this hadn't happened last week, I would have already had a draft that I was like done with, but I have sort of just been tinkering much slower. Uh, there is something when you have like a full draft 
you sort of like, well, you know, like, you, like you sort of slow down the process and then you're like, oh, let me change this letter, <laughs> you know, let, right. me, let me fix this contraction. It gets a little more like minutia, at least for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm hoping, but I'm hoping my goal is not hoping. Let me just say this, like, so again, like, you can be like, <laughs> you finished that? Like, I'll have you hold me accountable by the end of the week. But I should have it. I should have the new draft done by like, I would say Wednesday. Um, and then I will send it to my manager and, you know, see what, then that, you know, I get, I get notes like other people, you know, sure. she'll, she'll weigh in on her thoughts. And so, um, but yeah. And then, and then I'm, and then I, I have a feature I, I got one. So I, I like I had like I had this feature idea again for like two years, but I've just been between staffing and and development, and so this is really like I was like okay, well in between you know in between jobs, um, let me just write the stuff that I'm really excited to write. So um, I I don't know if the feature is good. I'm still in the halfway. I'm like I wrote a terrible outline, and now I have to make it better. Um, but I'm, I'm I'm excited about them both. It's kind of fun to have projects that you're excited about. Um, that sort of there's no, there's no like, oh, you have to make sure the, produ-, you know, like it is just writing for fun, which I think I would suggest everyone try to do. Even if you, even if you have deadlines or you're getting ready for fellowships or you're doing all of that, I would say like write a short story or write the play you want or write, I don't know, poetry or a blog or just something. Um, don't feel like, you know, like I've seen a lot of, um, and I like shared it too, because I thought it was interesting. And then of course, you share something you think is interesting and then the internet makes fun of it and you're like, oh, but it was the whole, like something about like during the plague Shakespeare wrote King Lear or something like that. What was and, that again? Um, it, like, so it was like, it was like a tweet that someone sent. I think it was Rosanna, Rosanna Cash. Okay. I think, um, but anyway, someone shared this tweet that was like, um, you know, uh, during the plague, just remember during the plague Shakespeare wrote oh, right. King Lear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And, 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 you know, like, and I was like, oh, and then, you know, of course, people made fun of it. And like, you don't have to do that. You can take a nap or cook it. And I was like, yeah, you can. But like, I think, I think the, I think the spirit of it was like, you can write something that you're passionate about. You can write something that like means something to you. And I think a lot of times as writers, especially when you're writers trying to break in, you get so caught up in the like, I'm going to write something that like, I have to write something to fit this box or, you know, whatever. And so I think like, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be a full novel. You know what I mean? So people are not going to write a novel in three weeks, but um, you can start your novel or you can start, you know, you can start your screenplay or something. So I think it's just like, I think it's just motivating yourself to say like, what, like, what can I get done? And obviously, um, you know, I think like allowing yourself though too, like I was like, my nap, my naps are so good right now. (laughs) Like sometimes I just have to take it out. You know what I mean? But like, you know, set a deadline and then see um, for yourself, like, you know, okay, I have to write, you know, three pages or, you know, if you're writing a novel, like I have to write a thousand words and then, you know, focus on self-care, you know, because that's mm-hmm. just as important. Right. Speaking of self-care, now that we're all sort of in uh, self-isolation, so to speak, I guess that's probably not correct. Isolation is, I think, when you have it and you need to stay away or when you're ill. Right, uh, so, right. And so w- it's it's just social distancing, at least. Um, for those uh, social... So it would be self-care in the era of social distancing. Uh, what are you doing for that self-care? Uh, what are you watching? What are you reading? What other kind of... Other than yoga uh-huh. virtually, which is kind of cool. What, what other things do you have going on that you would recommend? 
So um, I am reading. That's like a big, a big thing that I said I was going to do more. I've actually last night, like I had uh, gotten a book. My um my my agent had sent me a, a new book that's out in August um, that she liked, and so I had been like, you know, kind of reading. Okay, here or there. And last night I sat down and just finished it and read for an hour and a half. Um, turned off everything and like, you know, mm-hmm. um, actually read an actual hard copy novel, which <laughs> people don't do. But I still I still love. And you know, my husband has had recommended a book that he read like a year ago or a year and a half ago um, called Middle England that like I promised that I would read. And um, and then my friend just wrote a book um, that uh, that I'm that I'm order that I've ordered and I'm waiting to arrive. So I'm excited about that. Um, so, you know, and like, you know, I read a lot of books for work, like a lot of books, you know, that like people are, you know, develop, you know, that, that someone's trying to make as a show. And so this is sort of my opportunity, which, you know, a lot of them are great, but this is my opportunity to kind of like, I was like, I wish I'd ordered some books. But I was like, I have an entire shelf of books that I promised myself I'm going to read. So my goal is to like go through them one by one. And I'm a very fast reader, so I can read a book in like, I don't know, five hours. Six, like what? It's crazy. Like I read very, yeah, I'm like a big speed reader. Um, now, how did you, did you so, learn to speed read? Did you like take a course or did you just pick it up on your own? No, I just. I picked it up on my own. I remember, like, actually when I was younger, like, being accused of, like, you didn't actually read that book because there's no way someone read a book so fast. And I remember my cousin was, like, he's, like, 10 years older than me, and I was, like, visiting. I was little. I don't remember. I was, like, I think I was reading, like, that Diary of Anne Frank or something like that. And he's, like, you couldn't have possibly read finished that book. And I was, like, I did. And I was, like, quiz me on it. And he was, like, that's amazing. He, like, couldn't get over it because he did. And I knew. So, I mean, like the thing is, is that like if I read a book, it's like the the amount of time it takes me to read a book depends on like how like if it's a literary fiction novel that's a little denser that like you know like has beautiful prose but like is you know is not just about like oh my god who killed this person or the kidnapping or whatever it is that could take me a little longer. Like one of my favorite novelists is um, Haruki Murakami, and he wrote um, Norwegian Wood and he wrote Wind Up Earth Chronicles. And like Weinberg Chronicles took me two weeks to read, but it was really just because it's such an, it's a beautiful book and probably in my top 10, but it's just such an intense book that mm-hmm. it took me like, you know, I had to like pick it up. Um, Norwegian Wood, I, I think I read it in evening because it was just like, it's a much more, you know, it's a love story and like, it's a much, it's a, the writing's a little, you know, simple, like, like, you know, the story's a little easier, but yeah. So it's, I mean, it's, it's a good skill to have. I was on a plane once. And I was, like, reading, like, a really fun, like, kind of, like, chiclet book that was so good. And we landed, and the woman, and I think I started it, like, I was flying from here to Denver, and I landed, and the woman next to me goes, I don't think I've ever seen someone read so feverishly. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I am a bit of a feverish reader. I mean, it's hard. Like, sometimes I won't start a book unless I know I have time to, like, read a lot of it or, you know, like, I can sit down and finish it because I hate having to put it down. Um, so I'm doing, I'm doing a lot of reading. Um, that's like a, a big thing. Um, and I'm doing a lot of cooking. Like, um, I'm not like, I'm not like a, I'm not like a great gourmet cook, but like I have like recipes I really like. And then I also ended up doing, um, I've been doing for like probably six months and I really love it. It's Sun Basket, which is like, it's like, it's like a version of like Blue Apron. Um, but Sun Basket is like, it's like a lot less prep, you know, like you don't have to cut like 
like Blue Apron, it's like you have to cut like 800 vegetables and like, you know, like you have to basically be a sous chef. Like, and so this is like the recipes are like, even if you're not a really, a really good cook or like a really, I say like experienced cook. Mm -hmm. And um, so I'm making like breakfast and dinners, you know, so it kind of like, it kind of gives me, it helps me like balance my day out um, and be like, okay, like now I know like dinner's done and now I should get to work. And then like, or breakfast is done and then like, okay, like I know at like six thirty or seven, I'm going to make dinner. So I think it's like, it's a really, it's, and it's, and it's weirdly like I'll put on music or I'll put on a podcast. Um, and it's very, um, it's very soothing for me, which I didn't, I, I wouldn't say that I love to cook like, cause normally in, in normal circumstances, like I feel like I just cook because I like to eat good, healthy food and I like to know what's in it. Um, and I like to go out to restaurants as a treat, not like an everyday kind of experience. So, um, but I found like, like more so now, like it's, it's much, I find I'm, it actually calms me to do it. So, um, it's, uh, that's been my, I like made like a big stew this week and I made cornbread and I made like, you know, all sorts of, all sorts of yummy dishes. We should all come over to your house to eat, but although we have to, we have to remain socially distant. Can you throw it down know, outside exactly. the balcony? <laughs> I know, I know. I was like, I was like, well, I'm like, I've like been trying some new recipes, so that's that's the one thing that like I think I can like like be a little bit grateful grateful for, you know. Now, do you get your recipes where they passed down from your uh, mom or grandma or no. dad or somebody, or do you have a cookbook, or do you just go online? Where do you get your recipes I'm, from? I'm, Friends? So, yeah, no, my, my uh, mother was, she was like, she was like a very like holiday kind of, like, we, we ate out all the time. Like we never, yeah. we never, she was always like, I'm too tired. We'll go, eat, we'll go out to eat. Um, we ate a lot of fast food too. Um, and my grandmother was a cook, but like never really left. And, you know, her recipes were probably more complicated. So like I did the whole 30, like, like, you know, I don't know if you know what the whole 30 is. No. Um, but it's, it's, it's a, it's not a, it's, it's, some people call it a diet, but it's like a, an, an elimination thing. It kind of started to help people like eliminate like things that they were intolerant for. And so the whole thing behind it is like 30 days, you know, you don't eat, you know, dairy, gluten, al- sugar, no alcohol, no car, like no carbs, no beans. It's really just, you know, vegetables and, you know, meat and, um, you know, protein and nuts and and that's pretty much all you get um so like I just I started like I did that and like I started you know you have to be really creative because you have to cook all your food because you're not like you know you're not having sugar and all that stuff so I like there's just so many online resources and Instagram is probably the best place so I would just you know find whole 30 recipes I mean usually they have a blog that links to it but some people just post the recipes on their Instagram and so if you look hashtag whole 30 there's a lot of great recipes and you know like with this happening like obviously it's not as easy to get lots of fruits and vegetables you know like I mean there's still stuff out there so you know I'll do like I'll just I mean I really just go online and google and look at and I have certain blogs now that I really like that that are whole 30 or paleo um that I find because I really like to eat healthy food too and um and so but things that taste good so like all the recipes are still really you know really delicious but they did actually really help me and for anyone like who's I mean obviously this is not a you know a, a diet or you know health thing but um I found a lot of things that like I didn't like when I when I did it that didn't that weren't didn't make me feel good like I think I definitely 
I don't know if I'm allergic to soy, but I definitely don't feel good when I eat it. So mm-hmm. it was something I was like, okay, I just won't cook with that. And there's other options like that don't, you know, there's like coconut aminos, which is like almost like soy sauce. It just doesn't have soy in it. Um, so that's, that's really like, that's been super helpful for me too, to like, you also eat good food and feel like you're taking care of yourself because anyone who's getting, you know, sick, um, you know, or you try not to get sick, you just want to be as healthy as possible right. so that if you do, it's, you know, your body is, and I think that's like the thing for everyone, you know, to be like getting enough rest and eating enough good food, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, and I think for any, any writer who's like, oh, I would never cook. Oh, I'm not a cook. Like I wasn't like, I've only started cooking in the last like three or four years. So really? it's not something that like, I just always did know because, because we were just like, you know, when you're on a show, you eat a lot of takeout, mm-hmm. you know, you get lunch every, you know, you're, we're lucky, right? We, right. So like lunches are a big deal. You come in, it's very important about your lunch. There's always um, crap then, service. You know, well, yeah, there's like, all, yeah, exactly. Crap service. And then like, you know, my boss, Kevin, who I worked with recently had like a huge sweet tooth. So there's always something tasty, you know, some sort of cupcake <laughs> or cookie or something showing up that was right. like a temptation. And so I, you know, I really started to just feel like, okay, well, those are great, you know, treats, but also like if you eat out all the time or you're eating that food, even if you're trying to be good. And so I just, I just started and started really simple, you know, like, and so I think like, like, you know, in the same way that the internet's made it amazing that we can, you know, do this podcast or you can FaceTime with people or mm-hmm. Skype. Um, there's so many options for people who like feel a little intimidated in the kitchen. And, um, and I think you'd be really surprised about like how, like how much, how, it's just, it's really nice to have control over like, okay, I can cook this meal, even if it's like the simplest thing, like, you know, eggs for dinner or something like that, you know, which I'll do. Right. So, okay, you've done, oh, no, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. No, I was going to say you've done a lot of reading and cooking. Uh, What have you, what else have you been doing? Have you been watching anything? What can you, what can you recommend to us? Ah, yes. Okay, so, um, I watched this before um, before all of this happened, but it's it's called Sanditon and it's on PBS. Okay. And what's it, it called? Is, and the sad thing is Sanditon, S A N D I T O N. And so it's actually it was um, Jane Austen's uh, like she it was her last novel that she that she died before she finished it. And so um, the writer whose name I'm going to blank on, but he's done a lot of British you know dramas. Um, like wrote you know wrote it um and it's starring theo james and like all these british actors you've seen and it's just such a like if you like downton abbey you'll love this there's only eight episodes um the sad thing is is that it's like sort of i will say this just so nobody's like oh my god you didn't tell me you know the ending's a real cliffhanger and it you know obviously when they ended it they hoped it was going to get another season and it didn't do very well. Like it didn't, you know, they were basically like, we wish this had done better, but you know, it didn't, it didn't kind of make, it didn't make it, it didn't hit the, you know, nobody was like clamoring for more. The ratings were really down, it seemed in Britain. So, uh, and they made that decision before it even aired over here. So, but it's so fun. And like, um, I've been recommending it to everyone because it's just like, it's just, it's, it, you know, it's great. It's great stories. It's great acting. And it's like, if you need the Downton Abbey fix, it's like the perfect thing um, for you to do. Um, and then like, what else am I watching? I mean, I'm watching everything. Mm-hmm. I actually like, have you heard of, so I don't have Disney plus yet, mm-hmm. but have you heard of the, have you heard of a new movie? It's a kid's, oh, well, not, it's like marketed towards like young, young, but it's called star girl. Have you heard of it? No. Um, it's like a, it's like a new, like it just came out. 
but the girlhood stars in it was um, on America's Got Talent. It just looked like a fun sort of like fam, like you know, like I'm definitely like looking for more like lighthearted kind of things. I think right, like, right. Um, and then yeah, like what am I like? I'm watching. I mean, I'm watching every <laughs> like everything. Like sometimes I like the other day I was I like stared at the like like the the Amazon and the Hulu, and then I was like, you know what? I don't think I can do any of this. And then I was like, if that means it's time to read or just, you know what I mean? Do something. Um, but so like, so, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm probably, I'll probably remember all the shows I've, I've been watching because I've just watched so much. And now I don't know if you just heard that like um, Universal is going to put out like some of their movies um, that are in the theaters right. um, for streaming. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I really want to see Emma and I really wanted to see the invisible man. So, mm-hmm. I'll probably, my sister and I might do that this weekend. So we were like, eh, we'll, we'll, you know, contribute to the, to the, to the, you know, film industry in, in that way. Right. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that and only slightly nervous what it means for like, you know, movies in general and hoping that like, you know, that doesn't hurt. Like, cause I still love going to the movies and obviously right. I plan to see those movies in the theater. Um, but yeah, so, and then I like, I've been meditating and I'm not one of like, it's so funny because like for years, like my best friend teaches meditation. Like she is a trained, you know, she's trained in it. She teaches it at schools and universities. And she's always said to me, you know, have you ever thought about meditating? Um, and I was like, I don't need med. I'm too busy for meditation. Um, <laughs> and like, which is, you know, like someone saying like, I'm not flexible enough to do yoga, you right, know, like that. Right. It's just like, it, it, you can't get there. Um, but I, I found it really is helping me, especially trying to go to sleep because I'm not a person that ever has trouble, like staying asleep. I can sleep better than anyone. And I'm like the soundest sleeper, but I found this like sometimes the anxiety when I close my eyes. And so I've been doing, I use it. There's a lot of great apps, but and, uh, I use insight timer. There's some free ones on that. I paid for a year because I, I was like, you know what, this is, this is important for you. And it's really helpful. And I found like when I used it, cause I, been using it and then I stopped and then when I found when all of this kind of you know started really ramping up I used it last week to go to bed and they have like they have like thousands of of meditations like anxiety over like like or you know you're nervous about a meeting or you're nervous you know or you're like you have social anxiety whatever like anything you could kind of have they have coronavirus meditations now I think one of them has been downloaded like like 8,000 times in a day so like obviously um, it's one of the most popular meditation apps, but they also have sleep meditations, like, you know, 10, 15, sometimes an hour, but like, who's going to be awake for that? Like, right. um, and it really, you'll be amazed how much it'll help you like fall asleep and stay asleep. So I, I, I find it, I find it really, really helpful. And my friend who says that I'm like, you were right. I know. What is it or, called? Is Insight Timer? It's called Insight Timer. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll email you. I'll email yeah, you. Yeah, that'd be great. That we'll it's, post it's, it. There's a couple of others that people use, like Calm is one and like Headspace. But um, my friend had recommended, my friend who does meditation had recommended Insight Timer, and I, and I really enjoy it because they have like it's just such a variety of different of different you know subjects, and it really helps you um, just get out of your head because like I mean as writers that's all we're we're in our heads for like you know for a reason, and then you add something like this, right? And it really does. And even in my yoga today, we did a meditation and it's just amazing because I think so many of us, like, it's like we're collectively holding our breath because we just don't know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was saying to a friend, like as a writer, we're all like, our lives are a constant question mark, right? Like, you know, we don't know what 
like, what's your next six months? Like, you hope you get a job, but like, you, you hope you sell a show, but like, you're always sort of living in that uncertainty. Right. And so, um, you know, and then you add this and it's like, okay, well, some shows might not even come back. Some shows might get canceled. Some, you know, so it's like, so it's like, how can you find a way to like, kind of not think about the, like, the uncertainty or the negative and, and meditation has really been helpful for me to do that. Now is the, are these lessons, is it, music and then someone talking softly about things yeah. coronavirus or whatever it happens you, to be you use you use the meditation voice i yeah. like it yeah. i like it it's funny because sometimes <laughs> I, like sometimes like i'll click on i'll click on one and they'll be like hello welcome to and i'm like nope like <laughs> there's definitely um there's definitely like which is why i was glad i bought the membership because i was like oh okay i have i have unlimited access to this right um because i definitely like you know, it is, I mean, look, everybody, like, you know, people criticize people's voice, but they'll have, they have some with just music, they have some with t- talking, they have some that are, like, more spiritual, and some that you can, like, say you don't want any spiritual content, so the app is really designed to kind of, like, I think if, like, you're just dipping your water into it, there's very, like, beginners, um, beginner, you know, sessions, but there's also courses, like, you know, overcoming your, you know, whatever, like, overcoming your fear about this, overcoming, you know, whatever, um, conquering that, like there's so many different, like sort of like lessons in there. So I'm a big fan. Uh, they're getting, they get, they got a very big plug. (laughs) I would be, I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised if like they get like between like, I think like, uh, the meditation apps and, um, zoom and, uh, which everybody's now using for meetings and Instagram, those are like the real winners of the coronavirus. Um, also like so many people that like, a lot of like, like my yoga class was like streamed on Instagram today, like live streamed. Oh, wow. Um, and yesterday too. So I think like, that's also another way too, if people like are looking for like free classes or whatever, a lot of the LA yoga studios and, and gyms are offering like classes on their website, on their Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of a way for them to be like, don't forget about us when this is over, you know? Um, but it's great classes, you know? So, um, but yeah, I was like, those are the, those, those companies are the real winners in this. <laughs> yeah. Not a lot of them, but definitely them and the uh, the streaming services and uh, yeah, like Clorox totally. and Purell. <laughs> oh my god! I know. I was like, I was like, I mean, fortunately, my husband he likes to buy in bulk. Like he's always liked to buy in bulk. Right. Like so, like when this all started, I was like, well, we're like. He, he bought enough toilet paper for, like, you know what I mean, like, right. well before this all started. Right. Um, and I used to be like, why, why do you, we don't have enough room for all this stuff. And now I'm, like, very grateful that he was like, no, we need we need to buy extra of everything. Right. My my wife is the same. I'll buy a bulk of stuff, and she'll say, we don't, where are we going to put it all? But now she's not saying it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. The husbands are like, we finally win this one. Right. We finally win. <laughs> right. Um, but, yeah. And then, you know, and like, I think it's like also just like reaching out, like, you know, like besides those things, it's like just reaching out to my friends. Like I'm texting people every day. Um, like, you know, people maybe that I haven't even talked to in a while. Yeah, say, right. How are you? Like, what's going on? Like, do you want to have a, you know, do you want to FaceTime or Skype or something? Um, like my, my, my best friend called me and like, you know, she's a baby. So obviously I haven't seen her in a while. 
and, you know, she was feeding her, you know, feeding her daughter and I was cooking breakfast and we just had a Skype and, you know, so I think just doing that because you can feel pretty disconnected. Um, and, and also, you know, just like checking in on people like, you know, that it's, it's interesting because, you know, there's still so many people that aren't taking this seriously. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like my friend is a, is works in, in Austin and she's a, she does like, she sells like, you know, beauty treatments like Botox and laser treatments and, you know, I talked to her the other day and she's like, oh, no, it's business as usual. I was so busy. I sold so many. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, you know, like like there are people just like that don't believe that this is real right. and it's happening. And and, you know, and that's and so I think like reaching out to people and kind of saying like, hey, I know it's not where you're at yet, but it's coming. You know, like it's you know, it's not like it's not a tsunami that you're going to see. It's going to be, you know, much more subtle than that. So. Um, it's definitely interesting because, you know, obviously I grew up in the South and like, you know, I remember, um, a few years ago, um, where I'm from, there was a, um, massive chemical spill. Um, and the water was like, I mean, it like made all the papers. It was like, I was in the airport and like the Washington, uh, post, like, like sent an alert that like toxic water, do not drink. You couldn't even burn, you couldn't even boil the water. It was like, so like, it was just like the water's poison right now. And, and, you know, but but that's where we were going. We were going for a funeral and we're, you know, like, I mean, the water smells like chemicals and we're in, you know, we're at the service listening to all these people talk about how they use the water anyway. (laughs) Um, And like, and so like, you know, like I thought about that when this was going on, because I'm like, you know, you could actually smell and, you know, like you knew, like you could see, and this is something very invisible. So I think it's kind of like trying as much as you can to say to like the people in your life, um, you know, Hey, like this is real. Take it seriously. You know? Yeah. A buddy of mine owns a bar here in Los Angeles, and it was, I think, two days ago. I said, well, how's your business? Because this was just when it was starting to ramp up. It was just when there was starting to be people buying up all the toilet paper in the stores and everything. And he's like, I don't notice a difference. That you know, His bar was packed. And cut to two days later, all the bars are shut down. And he's like, yeah, that, you know, they have to file for insurance because – it's it's a mandate that they have to close. So now we can file for insurance because they're going to lose so much money. Yeah. You know, but two days well, ago, it was the, fine. The, well, that's interesting. Like, my, I, you know, I have a bunch of friends in England and, you know, they were all like, you know, they've, they've sort of like said, they've suggested that they close the bars and restaurants. I'm like, they're not going to do it because they can't, they can't get, you know, they can't get their insurance. They can't right. do it. And mm-hmm. I was like, I don't like, you know, um, so I do think that like, you know, we're lucky to live in a state where they're like, they are taking this seriously and they are making decisions that, you know, will, you know, benefit us all. And I keep, I want to just say to people, I want to just shake people and say like, don't you understand like the longer you take to get on board with what's happening, the longer this goes on. Right. Like, that's just what I don't understand. Like none of us want this, you know, no. like all of us, you know, and I think, I think about a lot of my writer friends who are like on the cusp, you know, like a lot of like the newer writers that I work with who are on the cusp of like, getting, you know, they've just gotten reps and they're going out for staffing season. And, and like, and literally like you finally get to this moment where it's like, Oh my God, yes. All these years of work. And now this happens. And so like those people don't want, you know, it, their lives to be grinding to a halt. None of us do. Right. Um, but I think like, it is one of those things where you're just like, you just wish everybody could be more like, I mean, there's a very, like, it's a very American thing to be like, we're individuals, but like, I'm like, this is a team sport now, guys. We're all in this together, you know? Right. Um, and uh, but I'm I'm a much more like positive person on that than <laughs> I think a lot of people are. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, I spoke to a number of reps just today, just to see what the what you know sort of the vibe is from them because we do have a lot of of newer writers, writers looking for representation. Uh, what the vibe is out there, and for the most part, it seemed fairly like a consensus that uh, right now is not the best time to be querying them. But yeah. just because you think that they have time, but everyone's still sort of getting settled into this sort of new reality of, of what of working from home and everything. And people are frazzled. You've got kids staying home, things like that. But in a week or two, when things settle down, uh, that'll be probably a good time. And they all sort of agreed that, you know, in a week or so is when they probably will have more free time to read because there's a lot less going on. But right now, it's probably not the best time. So take that as you will. That's uh, from my conversation no, with four great. different managers. Yeah. Well, and, you know, like, and, you know, obviously, like, I know writers are always like, hey, do you know any reps? Or, you know, hey, do you have any executives that you And, you know, and I'm like, I'm like, now it's really like, right now, they're trying to like, you know, I think, I mean, this is just from what I've heard, you know, they're trying to like, make sure that their clients that they have are like, you know, still getting meetings, or they're still sort of like, you know, working through like, what it's going to mean when like, you know, when shows are canceled or moved or whatever. So, I mean, for any writer who's like, but I, but I have this script done and I was going to get a rep, like write the new script because right. when you're done, when, when it all happens, you know, then you have something new to show. And I think like, like, again, that paralysis of like, you know, I'm, I'm, and I will be remembering what I'm saying, that paralysis of like, but I, you know, I was going to, this was supposed to happen and that was supposed to happen. And there's a lot of like, oh, it isn't fair. Like, and, you know, nothing about this business is ever fair. Like, you know, and then you end add a global pandemic to it. <laughs> it's like, really? Um, but I think like, again, like my thing is like, I always say, just keep writing. So like, no matter what has happened in my career, whether it's like, you know, a natural disaster or like just, you know, whatever, you know, a show getting canceled or, you know, a pitch not selling, like, I'm always like, okay, what's the next thing? And like, just ask yourself, what's the next thing? Because like, I think your reps are going to be much more impressed. Even if you're like, you know, even if you've been with reps for like a month, then you're like, oh, I wrote this pitch or I wrote this treatment or, you know, email them and say, I have this new idea and I want to work on it. It's a little different from what I'm done, but are you cool with that? Because I do agree. Like, you know, my sister's an executive and she was like, you know, like writers are like, hey, are you looking for, you know, and it's like, <laughs> it's like, you know, they've, they've literally stopped production on all their movies, you know, like, um, and so, you know, now it's like, obviously they still have movies like that are being written and like, but you know, like no movies are being made right now. So it's going to be hard for them to like meet new writers or greenlight new projects until like things are back up and running. Right. So I think like for right for writers who are like, Oh, this would be, I mean, I honestly like, like, and you know, you spoke to the, to the agents and maybe they said that, but if I were a writer, I would like wait till this was over to really, unless you have a relationship with someone who like, you know, is like, you know, is going to be, you know, cause I think they, even if they said yes, you may get at the bottom of the pile, oh, you sure. know, and that's not where you want to be. Right. <laughs> no, and right now, you're like, well, well, right now, especially because they have clients whose shows were postponed, like people who are ready to start on a show that are postponed. And so they don't know their futures up in the air and writers who are probably in that transition from going from the office to their first day of being in a virtual writer's room to yeah. writers who just got off a show like yourself and, you know, what opportunities are still out there or we're going to be in a holding pattern for a while. And so they're dealing with all of this right now and they probably will for a little while uh, while everyone figures everything out. So, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting situation. Yeah, but like you said, you were... you, the one thing you do have under your control is to write. 
Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of like, obviously, I'm sure a lot of your, you know, listeners mm-hmm. have like are entering the fellowships and like, you know, there's a lot like, you know, write that spec. You know, if you were like, oh, I don't want to write a spec this year because like too many people, you know, or write the new pilot, you know, since some of the fellowships are requiring more pilots, like this is your chance to like not make the excuse because like, you know, for a lot of people, like, you know, your excuse would be like um, a valid excuse, which is like, I have a day job and I have, you know, but right now, like most jobs are, you know, not so this is your chance to be like oh i wasn't going to enter the fellowship and you know any the fellowships this year and you just never know like i do think that like those programs are you know i'm always you know i speak so highly of them because i've just seen both with my own career and other writers that i know um that they are you know a, a great way in so people will say like too many writers enter those and it's true but i again i know usually at least one person that gets into every fellowship every year. And that's like, you know, I think that's just um, an an example of like, if you put your work out there and you keep at it, you know, you will, you will get those opportunities. So I think this is, this is also a great time for writers to do that. Right. And uh, getting to the sort of uh, part where I want to sort of talk about your books and plug your books because you're obviously uh, a best-selling author (laughs) Um, baby doll was your first, right? And you've, your second was yeah. the walls and you had a third one, right? I did. My third book, the runaway came out last August. Okay. So it's out and about and doing its thing. Um, we will link them. Yeah, so I'm... why don't you pitch oh. your books? We'll link them so that if people uh, oh, are interested in buying them, you know, yeah. Amazon, yeah, Amazon you know, is still delivering. Some, uh... My wife ordered a bunch of puzzles today. So Amazon is still delivering. <laughs> Um, That's but, so funny because yeah. I, I bought a puzzle. Uh, I bought a puzzle a couple weeks ago before yeah. all this, thinking like it'll help with my, you know, like just me needing to like focus and not be like so like. And then and then it like it just like it, it like amps up my anxiety. So my sister's been doing it, but she's like <laughs> she's like obsessive compulsive. So she's like sitting there for like two hours trying to figure out this damn puzzle. Um, but yeah, so my books. Um, I wrote um, so Baby Doll was my first, and it was about. Um, a woman, um, I was about identical twins because I'm an identical twin. Mm -hmm. Um, one is kidnapped, um, and she comes back eight years later and it's about what happened to her and who took her. And it's, it's really like, I, I say it's actually though, like a love story between these two sisters, like the identical twin relationship. That was really the inspiration behind it. Um, but it's also like a really like fast paced thriller too. So if you like, if you like thrillers, like it's, 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 uh, it's a very fast read. Um, what would you my, describe it like? My... What is it like? Like if you were to describe another um, book or another film or series, something like that. Huh. It's like, like I'd say like Room meets The Prisoner, kind of. Okay. Like you think about, um, and then, um, but it was like, you know, it kind of came out around this. Well, it came out after Room. And I remember when I wrote it, um, after the book Room was published. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I wrote it, like people were like, have you, did you, have you read that? And I was like, yes. Um, but it was so different because, like, you know, um, on the on page one, on page five, they escaped. My my character's my character escapes where she's being held, and it really was like an aftermath story of an abduction. Not like, you know, we barely even hear about. I mean, it suggested what happens to her when she was taken, but it, it wasn't about that. It was about like trauma and PTSD and like, you know, and again, the sister's relationship and you know, and how sort of. And it talks about the, you know, the kidnapper and how sort of like, you know, evil is hidden behind like, you know, beautiful facades, like, you know, and like people who seem trusting. So, um, 
it was like, I, I, you know, it was just something I literally wrote it because I couldn't get a job. And I was like, just like interviewing and like developing, but I just was like kind of stuck creatively. And so I think that's a, it was a good example of like, just like it was born completely out of this like labor of love that I had. Um, and then my second book, The Walls is about, um, a, uh, it's about a woman in Texas who works as a publicist for death row. She's a real job. Um, she's a press agent for death row and, um, and she ends up, she ends up meeting, I'm trying not, I don't want to give too much away, but she ends up meeting like two, uh, dangerous men and sort of like what happens to her when she wants to get out of this relationship. Mm -hmm. And so it deals with death row and like, and, and criminal justice and, you know, wrongful conviction and domestic violence. Um, and it was really kind of, you know, I grew up, my, my mother was a single mother and, you know, my, you know, father was, (laughs) had a temper. And so it was sort of like kind of inspired by that. Um, but it's a very dark sort of drama, um, Southern drama. Hmm. Um, and then, and then, um, my third book, the runaway, um, is actually set in LA. Um, and it's about a woman who works for the LAPD's, um, mental health unit, uh, and it's about uh, her foster daughter goes missing and she sets out to find her and sort of discovers that she's gotten caught up with this like homeless street family, like this sort of like pseudo cult that lives on the streets. And so it's sort of about her journey to like track down her daughter and bring her home. So it's um it's a fast paced, you know, but it really like kind of gets into like the homeless situation in L.A. and like Row and all of that. So. Um, yeah, that was my, and it, you know, it was like, it was, uh, my most challenging book (laughs) by far. And, um, and so now I have to write a fourth book and, um, yeah. (laughs) And they're they're not interconnected in any way, right? So someone could read the walls and not read Baby Doll first kind of thing? Yeah, they're all standalone thrillers. All right. And it's funny because I got like, I got like the, like every now and then, you know, like, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not like Harlan Coben or someone like that, but, um, but I, or, you know, John, John Grisham, but I got an email from a, from a reader today who was like, Hey, I just, I found your, I found your first book at like a, you know, at a used bookstore. And then I read like, this is, and like, and then I've read them all, but this, the runaway was my favorite. And like, you remind me of like, John Grisham's books were like, you don't read them, they read you or something like that. It was like <laughs> the nicest, like, it was like the nicest email to get because, you know, like, you know, you like your books are out there and you like, you know, you hope that they're doing something. And he was like, and I'm in my 50s. If you, you know, if you want to know your demographic, no, <laughs> that's, like, great. that's awesome. Um, I was like, oh, great. Like, I'm a 58 year old man. Like, you know, he's like, I'm a 58 year old man. So, you know, it's really, it's really gratifying, I think, in a way. Like TV is a collaborative thing and it takes a whole team to make a show and, you know, um, but like, you know, and obviously it takes a team to make a book too, but, you know, just the process of writing one, especially, you know, when I wrote my first one, I had no idea that I was going to sell and that I was going to do well. I just really wanted to write something for me. So the books are, the books are just something that I'm like so proud of. And, um, you know, it's a little harder now because there's more, there's more expectation and there's more like, you know, let's make sure this book is a certain way. Like, you know, like it, it kind of does become a little bit more like the way it is in TV where, you know, you have a quote unquote brand and you have to stay within that. So sometimes it's a little more challenging, like, like on a, on a business level, because it's not just about the creative anymore. It has to kind of marry the two, but again, that's a good problem. <laughs> like if you have that problem, it's a good problem. You right. know, 
So you said The Runaway was the hardest of the three books to write. What made it so hard to write? Well, you know, it's interesting because, you know, like I wrote the first draft and I like loved it. And, you know, like, and I, it was the same process I had, like a lot of people write it and not a lot of people, but I had like, you know, my sister's like reads everything I write and like, and I work with a novelist who's sort of like, like, you know, a writing guru, like someone who's like, who was like, you know, he was, he was a novel. I mean, he's, he teaches novel writing and like he's published himself you know, he's got an MFA, which like I'm self-taught, like I don't have, you know, a master's degree in writing. And so he's, he was like, kind of like guiding me on all three books. And I finished the book and I turned it in and I was like, you know, great, that's done. I met the deadline, felt great, went on vacation and then, you know, got that like email, which if anybody's ever gotten like a, an email, whether it's in books or TV or film with notes, I think it's like 10 pages, which is like, oh it's a book, so you can, sure. um, but also like the minute you start to read it, you know the difference between like, oh, these are like cosmetic, minor, like mm-hmm. structural to like, this is a new book. And, you know, like at the time I was like, oh my God, but they're, you know, they're, they're notes were like valid. And, you know, I think I, I like, like, I think the thing that like, as you, as you go through, you know, writing books. I just, it, I made it more complicated. I mean, the, the story got more complicated as it went on. And I was looking for, I was thinking more about the twist than I was about grounding it. Right. And which didn't feel that way, you know, cause like I, I was like so proud of myself. Like that's not the killer. That's the killer. And, and, <laughs> and then like, they were like, yeah, that came out of nowhere. And, you know, it's all those things were like, you know, so many people had read it and like, you know, we all thought, you know, and I guess if it's good writing, sometimes it's easy to like, look past certain things so they were basically like you know we appreciate this draft and we appreciate you but like it needs to be you know we can't publish this one so I had to rewrite the book and you know that was a very hard thing to do because not to say that I didn't know how to rewrite something because I've done that a lot in my tv career obviously um but you know it's the it's a very daunting thing to say okay rewrite the 60 page script or 50 page script or rewrite this 375 page book. Right. And so, you know, and like I had a deadline and then of course they, you know, they always say the deadlines are hard and fast. It meant my book was delayed, you know, a year, but like, you know, I have a full-time TV job as well. So I was like, okay, it has to be delayed a year. And, um, because, you know, publishing has a timeline Mm -hmm. and, you know, I was disappointed that, about that, but also at the end of the day, like I wanted to write a great book. There are definitely moments. Like I, I called my agent and I was like, can I just like pay them back the money? For this <laughs> like, do I have to like, do I have to like do this? Like, can I just quit? Like, and of course, like I wasn't serious, but I wanted her to be like, no, <laughs> you can't keep writing. Right. Right. And, and, you know, but it was interesting too. And this is a lesson I think for any of your, your, you know, listeners is that um, I got really stuck and I like kept writing and writing, but I knew something wasn't working. And I got to page like 165, which is a long time to be writing. I know something isn't working. And I finally was like, I called my agent and I said, look, I am so stuck. I'm going to miss this deadline. I like, you know, like I, I went to Palm Springs for like six days to try to like, you know, work. And I was like, I'm writing, but it's not, it's not there. And something's innately wrong. And she was like, well, let me talk to your editor. And my one editor was like, send us what you have, or both of them were like, send us what you have, and we'll see. Like, we'll, we'll see what's going on. Like, we, we're here to help you. That's our job. And I swear to God, like, the next call we got on, she's like, well, and it was like something so simple that she was like, we'll just make this character, like, dead, and then you don't have to worry about any of their backstory. <laughs> and it, like, 
And it was like, and I was like, oh my God, like, like, I can't believe that I obsessed over it. Like, I was like, but he's so important. This character's so important to the main characters, like who she is and who she became and all of that. And of course he's just dead. Like, it's like, like, and it seems like it was such a simple note, but like when you're in it and it's like, so it was, it was amazing. And then like, not to say that the writing like flowed after that, but like, it was very, it was very, it was very helpful. And I was like, God, if I just asked, I could have saved myself like at least a month and a half of like obsessing and being upset over like not being able to solve this problem. So ask for help. Like, don't feel like you, I like, and I feel like too, like the more experience you get, the more you're like, well, I can figure this out. And sometimes you just need an outside person because it's so hard to like see the flaws in your own work, you know? Right. Um, We actually have a discord channel. And if you want, to be invited to that for listeners it's um you know come and chat with other writers uh go on to our uh, tw- uh twitter page it's uh twitter.com slash scripts scribes there's no and in the middle there, just script scribes and we've got a link there it's an invite link you can join the discord and on the discord i had mentioned that you were going to be on so i got a question for you from somebody from the chat uh, although first they'll say they said that uh, you're great and they love your pacing and the breadth of your world building. So that's a compliment for you. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> um, but the question from S.R. Hallen, who also gave you the compliment, says, I'd be curious to know what factors they weigh in determining what medium to write for. Uh, network, cable, paid channel, Showtime, HBO, Cinemax, and web, Netflix, Hulu, Prime, etc." Um, well, <laughs> I wish I had any sort of determination in what I got to write for. Um, I think if you look at my, uh, <laughs> if you look at my IMDb, like it, I don't, uh, <laughs> I don't think I'm necessarily a network writer and I, and I, and I watch a lot of network. Like I'm not one of those people who's like, Oh, network. I, I, there's a lot of network shows I like. Um, but I, I, my, my work, at least what I've written so far, just never really seems to like connect. I think I'm a little darker and edgier than that, like right. not in a way that I think I try to be, but like that's just kind of the, the stuff that I grab, the stories that I gravitate towards. Um, and like the last pilot I wrote, like, you know, I've gotten so many cable and like, you know, like, you know, streaming kind of meetings and, you know, done development stuff based on that, like kind of, you know, net, like Hulu, Netflix, Amazon, um, and very little network. But that's just not the stuff like I just, I feel like even if I like pitch an idea, I'm like, oh, what about this for a network? And they're like, no, that's not network. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, really? Like, it feels network. It feels like it could be. And they're like, yeah, no. Um, <laughs> so I think it's sort of like, and, you know, and I think too, sometimes like the idea finds you. And so like so many of the ideas that like kind of come to me, however they come, you know, which is like kind of like a, like a, a dorky writer thing to say, but like it, it doesn't kind of fit it. Like, like I'm not a person who loves, like I like watching it, but I don't think my strong suit is writing procedural in the traditional sense like you know like you know here's the like red herring at this point and here's the this like I'm more of like an emotional writer and so I think like you know when you're like a more more of a character writer so I think when you're doing that um you just naturally end up falling into like you know cable or streaming um because even when you know my first job was cold case and even then like it wasn't a natural fit for me to like be writing like a cop procedural even though it did have like a lot of character stuff so um i'm always kind of like looking for like i'd want to i want to do shows that have like just enough of the like you know procedural to have like an engine but not so much that like that's your job to have to figure out like the murder you know so much of your job is like you know on those shows it's like figuring out the like 
cool clue or as a cool, you know what I mean? And like, to me, that's not the fun part of it. The fun part for me is like, oh, why is this character damaged this way? Or why is this character haunted? Or, you know, those kinds of things. Because that's how I approach telling stories. Right. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. You actually, uh, and I've mentioned it to you, but Holly was awesome. Uh, she, in my time of need, I had a writer uh, sort of back down on me. I, uh, I reached out to Holly. I'm like, I'm desperate. And you're like, yeah, sure, I can do it. Yeah. After yoga. <laughs> I'll help After you out. Y- I mean, I had to get my yoga. Yeah, of course. Of course. But, well, no, no, it's awesome. It was so nice to chat and, you know, however you can, like, you know, however, like, Hopefully, you know, something I said resonates with the writer who's like, oh, man, like, I just really, like, I want to tell this story. And, like, you know, I was like, wouldn't it be so great if all of us just, like, took this, like, terrible, awful thing that's happening in the world and, like, created something beautiful or something that, like, you know, a year or two from now, we're, you know, you're watching it on, you know, Netflix or, you know what I mean? Like, I I think that would just be so amazing. So that's, like... I, and like, and I'm. I will probably listen when I have a bad day, which I'm sure we'll all have bad days, you sure. know, in the next couple weeks of like, just like, oh my god, I can't believe this is still happening. Um, to go back and be like, okay, what did I say? Like, how did I say to be positive? Because, <laughs> um, and I'll be listening to your to the other writers you have. Yeah. I'll be interested to see how they're how they're spending their time too. Yeah, no, it's going to be great. We're going to be doing this daily. So if you're listening, be sure to check in tomorrow. Since you've listened to this one, we're going to be doing it every day. And remember, like Holly said, uh, we're all in this together. You're not alone. We're in this together. Um, So be sure to stay safe, be well, and we will see you tomorrow.